Good morning. Welcome to the Bond Sunday Morning Services. Thank you so much for being with me. I absolutely appreciate it. You can get involved by calling 800-411-BOND, 800-411-2663. And uh, I can answer your questions or comments during the services as it is happening. You can also email us, church at bondinfo.org, church at bondinfo.org, and put your name in town, name in town on your emails, and I can answer your questions as well. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Um, I'm glad you guys showed up. It, it, summer is over now, right? Yes. Yeah. <clears throat> my voice is still weak. I feel my voice being weak. I um, I, I was sick over the week, this past week, and the doctor gave me an antibiotic that I was uh, allergic to, I guess, and it just made me sick as a dog. It was like, it's like, you know that feeling when you eat um, bad food, poison food, and it makes you sick? Anybody ever gone through that? Yeah. That is the worst feeling. It felt like that all week. So my strength is just coming back, and so if my manly voice is not there, forgive me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let me ask this. Um, how many of you are strong? You're, you're just strong people. Nobody here. Everybody's weak. <laughs> what does that mean? So, so are you strong or weak? Strong. Strong. And how about you? Getting there. Getting where? Stronger. But where are you right now? Um, I think that I would say... Uh, are you strong or weak? Well, I'm handling the things that I need to handle, so I'm strong. I'm sorry? So I'm handling the things I need to handle, so I'm strong, and I'm... Um, you don't seem to be sure about it, though. Well, I'm saying that I'm working through my discipline right now, and so I'm kind of in the middle of this. So I'm not engaging right now. I'm working on the program. So you're, like, in the middle of being strong. <laughs> <laughs> you're half weak and half strong. <laughs> sure, why not? Is that what it is? Sure, why not? No, are you saying it? Yeah. In the middle. Yeah. And what were you saying? Are you strong or are you weak? What does that mean? It's true. I can hear you. What does that mean? Strong meaning what? You don't know what it means to be strong? Or weak, you know. I'll come back to you. <laughs> and so the rest of you guys are weak. You guys are weak. Strong in some areas. Strong in some areas and weak in some? Yes. Oh, okay. Uh, and, and, and the rest of you really don't know what you are, right? <laughs> this is why it's so important that you get to know yourself. You know, I've been saying this for 20 years. you got to get to know yourself. I already know I'm weak. You are weak. In what way? Uh, in resolve and things I need to do and go on with. I just, like, don't go on with it. You don't go on with it. Right. And so you're weak. Yes. Okay. How do you feel about that? Uh, it's kind of pathetic, but... You feel pathetic about being weak? <laughs> <laughs> like double trouble, huh? Yes, right. Why do you feel pathetic about it? Yeah, well, there's, it's a, well, there's nothing I can do about it. Except oh, see it, you know, and that's where oh. I'm at now. I see it, but where do I go? Where do you go? Okay. How about you? Did you say you're strong or weak? Weak. You're weak. And how do you feel about that? I don't like it. I, I don't think there's anything I can do about it, but I 
listen to my voice. You want to know? You don't like being weak. What? You don't like being weak. No. Oh, okay. And, and you say you're strong. In what way are you strong? I would say that I'm strong mentally, spiritually. Mentally, spiritually. Yeah. You're strong. So you're not weak. And how did you become strong? Um, through practice, time. Practice. Yeah. Like, give me an example of how you practice. Well, just as I was growing up, I had to learn lessons, and I had pretty good rearing, and so I put put my uh, head against the wall a few times. But af after so many times, you you, you learn. Oh, okay. Yeah. And what do you say? You're strong or weak? Stronger than I was, but weak. I, I'm not as, I'm not where I want to be, so I'd have to say weak. Give me two choices. That's it. You say weak. Yeah. In what way are you weak? Um, I give in to uh, to the side of me that ends up wanting to hurt me. There's a there, there's a whole side of me that seems to take over at times, and I get emotional at work, for example. That's uh, one example. I'll react in a way that I immediately regret. There's nothing worse than an emotional man, huh? Yep. Uh, nothing worse than that. And how about you? Are you strong or weak? I kind of keep it balanced out. You balance it out? Yeah. Is that like in between? Them? Yeah. <laughs> You're the same location he's in? Yeah, sort of. <laughs> what does it feel like to be in that location? Um, sometimes I feel strong, stronger than other times, and sometimes I, you know, not so strong. And how do you feel about that? I would, I would like to be stronger, but um, sometimes it's just kind of strong and sometimes not strong. What prevents you from being strong at all times? Um, I don't know. I guess God's just not ready for me to be solid strong. He's not ready yet? Yeah. He want you weak? Yeah, no, He don't want me weak, but I mean, maybe He's not, you know, maybe it's not my time or my chance to be strong. What area are you weak in at times? Um, temptation. You give it to it? Yeah. Like what, for example? Say, uh, drinking alcohol or... Are you alcoholic? No, not not no more, but I, uh, I used to be. Oh, so you're not an alcoholic anymore. No. So that's not an issue now, then? No. What's the issue now, then? What do you give it to now? Um, nothing, really. <laughs> so you're strong, then? Yeah. Are you married? No, not you, this time. You've been married? No. You've never been married? When you say not at this time, sound like you're married before. Um, no, well, I, I, I had plans on getting married in the future sometime, but um, I'm not married at this time. I haven't been married yet. Have you lived with a woman? Um, yeah, I have. Not married to her, but lived with her? Yes. Why did you do that? Um, it was just a thing to do. Oh, it was a thing to do? Yeah. But a big mistake? Yeah, sort of. Yeah. Because it didn't work out all the way. Never, ever, ever do that again. That's one of the worst things you can do in life. Yeah. Did you know that? Yeah. Live with a woman before marriage. It is one of the worst things you can do. There are other worst things, and that one kind of at the top of the list. One, two, three, probably that one. Never do that again. You have kids? Yes. Yeah, how many? Uh, just one. Uh, okay. um, how about you? Are you weak or strong? Um, I, well, I say I'm strong, but I, I do have a weakness. I, I do have weaknesses. So you're both? I tend to fly off the handle once in a while, overreact, and because I just don't know how to center myself. You know, I 
I, I think I'm just I'm just somewhat selfish. Oh, you are. And that's that's what creates it. You know, that's yeah. what I see. You know? Oh, okay. I'm being selfish, and I I don't want to you know look at it. Yeah. But and and I'll get a little carried away. But. You will. What prevent and knowing this? What prevent you from giving into that? Why? I mean, why do you give into it? I don't always give into it. I, but when you do, why do you give into it? Selfishness. Just you're just a selfish person. Yeah, I'm selfish. You know, some. It is hard to overcome that. Very difficult. Very difficult. Mm -hmm. Very difficult. Yeah, it is because I I feel like um, I don't have real love. You don't have real love. I don't feel like I have real love to give. I, I have it surface, but it's not. I, I don't know. And how do you feel about not having real love to give? Emotional. <laughs> oh, you don't like not having real love? Yeah. Yeah. You want to have it? Um, you know, I don't want to have it from others. I don't care about other people loving me or whatever. I just want to be able to have genuine love for others, you know what I right. mean? Yeah. And you don't have that. I don't think I have So have you realized yet if you're weak or strong? Yes. And, and where where are you? But weak. You're weak? Yeah. In what way? Well, what area? As I see it. I don't have control over anything, and so I need to be weak and, and give myself over to to God and allow Him to be strong. I mean, I can't do anything. And why don't you do that? Uh, that's that's what I do. No, you do do it. So you are a weak person who give herself over to God. Mm -hmm. I mean, my strength is in in God. Of myself, I'm not strong. Right. But in Him, I have strength. And, and then how do you know you have strength in him? Because he tells me that, you know, I have strength in him because of the things that I uh, desire to do when I release them to him, I'm able to, to do them. You, but I, you, I can't do them myself. You say that he tells you that you have? Uh, in the Bible. Oh, in yeah. the Bible. Yeah. So you believe the Bible? Do I believe the Bible? Uh, yes. You believe the Bible? Yes. You do. When the Bible says, "Our Father and Mother in Heaven," you believe that? I've never read that. You will be soon. <laughs> <laughs> no, I won't. It might be there, but I won't have it. They're coming up in a, a new edition. Uh, also, they're not going to put uh, God. God created man. They're going to put God created human. Isn't that amazing? Wow. So that's interesting. Um, how about you, Stephanie? Are you weak or strong? I'm weak. You're weak? Yeah. And how do you know you're weak? Because I'm not strong. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I'm strong enough where people, like, outside world can't make me do anything I don't want to do. Right. But I'm weak, like, um, like with Paul, for instance, I'm weak, like, I'm giving him chances, like, second chances where I shouldn't. Oh, yeah. And why are you weak when you should be strong? I don't know. I just can't. I mean, at the time, I don't know I'm being weak, but then look back and say, oh, how weak you are. Yeah. Weak you know, what I've been trying to do for the last 20 years is to really edify you guys, the ladies, to really get you to become perfect. Because God said that we should be perfect. 
But there's this mentality out there that you can't be perfect. I mean, people quickly, Christians will quickly tell you, everybody does it. No one is perfect. You hear that sometimes? All the time. You hear it all the time, right? And when you hear, what 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 crosses your mind when you hear that? Like right on or no, that's not true I, I or what? To, I got to tell you, the most, I spend a lot of time at work, so I think about work a lot. And when, when somebody makes a large mistake and I get the answer, nobody's perfect, then I get the emotional response. And you just you just want to throttle somebody. That, what do you mean nobody's perfect? So you're allowed to act like this? And uh -huh. that's... So I, I don't use that excuse on myself. I try to see what's driving me to act the way I am yeah. when I do something like that. I've noticed that um, the worst thing, one of the worst things that's happened to Christians is that they've allowed themselves to be influenced by the world. They talk like the world, they act like the world. Uh, I was reading a story the other day where uh, in Northern California, they're teaching five-year-old children that homosexuality is normal, you know, to accept it. And they use this word, well, we're teaching it so that parent, uh, ch children be tolerant with one another, meaning that children will grow up in that school and everywhere they would accept whatever you are. So they use the word tolerance to teach this to the children. And I'm looking at these, and they show how a picture of it. And you see these five-year-old kids sitting, sitting in this classroom, and the teacher's teaching them that homosexuality is no different than heterosexuality and, you know, whatever, and don't judge it, it's fine. And I'm like, why would parents, Christian parents, I can understand secular parents, people who don't believe in God doing it, but I'm wondering why would Christian parents sacrifice their children to this because the world said, let's do it so that they can learn to be tolerant. If anybody should teach, quote unquote, tolerant, it should be the parents, whatever that means. But how do parents turn their kids over to this type of teaching? And then I read, as I was reading this story, it said that in the public school system, in this particular school, that you're not even allowed to take your kids out. If, if you, let's say you didn't want your kid to take this particular class, they can't opt out of the class. The school has that much control over the children. And I'm thinking, when did this happen? I don't remember that happening. Because in the good old days when boys were boys and men were men, the school did not control your children. You know, the parents and teacher worked together. They knew what was going on. Did you guys notice? Yeah. Is this news to you? But when did this happen though? When did the Christian become like the rest of the world? And if you're acting and believing what the rest of the world believes, who is the light of the world? Who is the salt of the earth? Is it the secular people or are the Christians the light of the world? I saw a hand somewhere just now. Yes, ma'am. I think we just, um, from a long time ago, we things started changing and we never stood up and said, you know, don't. I remember, I guess, I don't know why, but I was always shocked to find, you know, on TV shows when people live together. There was a time when they didn't even show them in bed together and right. suddenly they're living together. And the other day I saw during regular time, not, you know, old, late at night, but people having sex, you know, on TV. And I was thinking, 
Well, you're not supposed to watch the porn. You should have flipped that challenge, Susan. Yeah. But what I'm saying is, <laughs> she's like, yeah. A long time ago, I, I started noticing these yeah. things. I never, I figured somebody else was, the experts were going to take care of this, you know, and you kind of let it slide, and then something worse happens, and you let it slide. And yeah, one thing leads to another, and that's what Eva does. When you allow evil to happen, it, it, one thing just leads to another, as good would do as well. Yeah. You know, you allow things to happen, you allow someone to take control of your life, they'll take a little bit at a time until eventually they control you. Yeah. And that's what evil does, and that's why you have to deal with evil just like that. Yeah. You can't have any sympathy for evil at all. And then you give up like husbands do when they lose control of their kids, they just kind of give up. Yeah. But I'm not, I'm not understanding how, how is this happening, and we don't really hear a lot of talk about it from the Christian community. Wake up, men and women of God. The world, evil is taking over. We need to start fighting back. We need to be strong. We need to stand up for what is right. I'm not hearing like an outcry about it. Um, you know, like people are not straight up about what's going on. Homosexuality is wrong. And that should not be taught to little kids as, as, as young as five years old. For what purpose would you want to teach that to a child? To steal their innocence? That's just like raping a child at five. You might as well turn them over to the molesters. If you're going to allow some adult to teach them that wrong is right and right is wrong. At a point in their life when they just don't know it better. And where's the love of the fathers and mothers that they allow this to happen? I'm just not getting this. It's, we don't want to admit that we did, that, you know, that we let this happen, so. But it doesn't make sense because with my child, I'm, I don't need to admit anything to anybody. I'm, I have a natural instinct to want to protect my child by whatever means necessary. Yes. Okay. I don't suppose you're familiar with an old saying Benjamin Franklin say, uh, said, a person who gives up a little freedom to, uh, for a little security deserves neither freedom nor security, and that's what we're uh, that's what we as pe and people are doing right now giving up freedom one piece yeah. at a time for security one piece at a time. But you're really not secure when you give up freedom for security, you're not secure at all. You're worse off then than you are when you think that you're giving it up for that. Yes, you're really worse off. Yes, ma'am. Yeah, I was going to agree that the uh, false security that, that we feel when mothers felt that they needed to go out to work so that they can have more things yeah. instead of being at home with uh, children and teaching their children. Yeah. And when it began happening in, in the public schools, not coming home, you know, looking at what's going on with your children, coming home, sacrificing that extra uh, income to, to teach your children. Yeah. I, 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 it's like parents have lost love for their children. How can you have a child and don't love that child, you know, just sacrifice it to the world? I'm not getting this. And then I hear people say, well, there's nothing I can do. I'm not in, I don't have the power. I'm weak and I can't do anything about it. You can do something about it. All you have to do is put down that extra party, get rid of that extra drink, do without some things, make those sacrifices for your children. You do not have to do this. this. And these people, I also read in this report that the head of education, you know, like in the government, is a homosexual. The guy who's making the decision from the top down 
is, you know, he's making these decisions. And like all these people are in place now to corrupt the next generation. And parents are just allowing their children to be corrupt. And they feel like they don't have the strength to do anything about it, but you do. You don't have to be weak in life. Well, no, you don't have to be weak. And what I want you guys to know is that the way that you've been taught has been totally wrong. Everything that you thought was right was wrong in the way that you've been taught. And that's why God said that we have to renew our minds. Yeah, like life has been turned upside down, you know. And so what I want you to do is read, um, I want to talk about how to become, let me ask Martin, are you strong or weak? Weak. I didn't get to you on that. I'm weak. You're weak. And how do you feel about being weak? I don't mind it at all. Oh, you like being weak? <laughs> I don't mind it in the sense that um, I'm supposed to be weak for a while. For a while? Yeah. For how long? Until you're totally beat up? Yeah, no, I, I don't know. But um, I have faith that it'll end someday. It'll end someday? Yeah. You can get involved with this conversation by calling 800-411-BOND, 800-411-2663, or email church at bondinfo.org, church at bondinfo.org, and put your name and title on your email. Yes, sir? I realize that God doesn't care how long you've been weak and how long, he doesn't care about your time, that he'll take care of things in his time, and we all don't want to suffer our own weakness. We want to have, you know, we want to see ourselves in a glorious way and, and uh, for our own ego. And, and when it ain't happening, we become distraught about it. Yeah. Instead of, and, and that's not really loving what's, what's right for its own sake. That's, that's, that's just wanting, you know, the glory. I'm, I'm telling you that everything that you hate about yourself, and we, we all have things going on in our lives that we need to overcome, right? Most people do. Is there anyone here who don't have something in your life you need to overcome? So everybody has something, right? Um, I want uh, Susan, turn to 2 Corinthians, um, verse chapter 12 for me. No Bible. Mary, turn it. I'm sorry? No Bible. No Bible. Did you bring your cell phone? Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> um, Sean, turn to second. You don't have yourself. I mean, your, you have yourself? Yeah. You have yourself. I can pull it up online. <laughs> How about you, John? Can you read it for me? Two. You don't have it. You bring yourself? Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Did you bring your Bible? Well, I have hers. <laughs> Did you bring your cell phone? Uh, no, I left it in the car. Oh, good for you. you. At least somebody did it all the way right. <laughs> uh, uh, Stephanie, read Second Corinthians for me. I didn't bring my Bible. I'm sorry. I didn't bring my Bible. <laughs> well, we found out what was wrong. Uh huh. And nobody's in the Bible. Tim, read it for me, buddy. You're, you're the man. Okay. You, you guys don't know this by rote. <laughs> Most Christians know the Bible by, by rote. I, 
I, I told these folks here, I said, um, I told them I'm bringing my Bible. And uh, he said, well, where's my Bible? I didn't get my Bible. And she said, don't worry. They got Bibles there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, read 2 Corinthians for me, 12. 12. I want you to do it. Okay. You want me to read it? Yes, ma'am. This is so interesting. I, you know, I don't have my glasses, uh, Jesse. I, I really can't see this. Oh. I'm sorry. Wow, what That's a pop out. No I'm sorry. Do you guys read the Bible in your home sometimes? Yeah. Yes. I forgot my glasses today. Okay. Do you, Tim? How often do you read the Bible? Once a year. Once a year? You read the whole Bible once a year or just no, one no. verse once a year? Like maybe a verse. A verse a year? You don't like the Bible? No, it's not like that. I mean, I read it before, but... It didn't do anything for you? No, it did. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have your Bible with you? Not today. I'm sorry? Not today. You have your cell? Yeah. No problem. Doug, you're a good man. Read, Ern. I let Pat borrow my Bible. <laughs> I like what? <laughs> All right. Um, um, what, uh, what verse? I want you to uh, turn to Second Corinthians, chapter twelve, verse um, seven. Start with verse seven, I think. There. Um, do you have it? Twelve, chapter twelve, verse seven. Do you have it? Read it for me. Well, let me just tell you, this is Paul. He uh, wrote a letter to the Corinthians, the church at Corinthians, and very interesting stuff. Very interesting. And this is going to help you guys who are weak. In view of the extraordinary nature of these revelations, to stop me from getting too proud, I was given a thorn in the flesh, an angel of Satan to beat me and stop me from getting too proud. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. Go all the way down to 10, uh, uh, verse 10. Read all the way through that. About this thing, I have pleaded with the Lord three times for it to, ha to leave me. But he has said, my grace is enough for you. My power is at the best in weakness. So I shall be very happy to make my weakness my special boast so that the power of Christ may stay over me. And that is why I am quick, why I am quite content with the weakness and with insults hardships, persecutions, and the agonies I go through for Christ's sake. For it is when I am weak that I am strong. Very interesting stuff. Um, I'm going to read it. Martin, do you have the Jewish Bible? I have. The, the New Jerusalem Bible? No. Which one? You have the same thing she has? I have the um, Jerusalem Bible. Oh, that's what you Okay. I have a different um, take on the, on the King James Version. Oh, you do? Let me hear yours. This is so interesting, folks. And lest I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of the revelations, a thorn in the flesh was given to me, a messenger of Satan to buffet me, 
lest I be exalted above measure. Concerning this thing, I pleaded with the Lord three times that it might depart from me. And he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I, will, I would rather boast in my infirmities, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, needs, persecutions, and distresses, for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. And then in my Bible, which is, uh, it's all saying the same thing, but in a little different way. And uh, I have this uh, new, the New Jerusalem Bible that someone gave me. That's a Bible, by the way. And, you know, the Bible's a Bible, I guess. But this one says in a way that I can understand it. It says that, wherefore, so that I should not get above myself, I was given a thorn in the flesh, a messenger from Satan to better me and prevent me from getting above myself, you know, to, from being like an ego-driven kind of person. This is why you can't really judge anyone else because everybody have a thorn in their side. And, and, and the problem is that a lot of people are upset about this thorn in their side. You're mad. You hate yourself for being having whatever issue it is that you have to deal with. You know, you, you want to be a good Christian. You want to be perfect. And we should become perfect. But the problem is you have this thorn in your side and you're angry about it. And, and as a result of being upset about it, you cannot overcome it. But if you can realize that it's just there and not be mad about it and just see it for what it is, then you can be made strong. But you're trying to make yourself strong by being upset about whatever it is that you're trying to overcome. Whether, whether it's an angry person or a liar or a thief or alcoholic or whatever. And if you notice, most people are mad. Most of you are angry about the things you can't overcome. You're frustrated by it. Isn't that true? But if you can accept it and not be frustrated, then you can overcome. Because in your weakness, you realize that there's nothing I can do about this. Paul realized that he had this thing. I think I know what Paul's problem was, too. I was thinking about this last night. I don't know, but I think I know. I'm not going to tell you his personal business, but... <laughs> I think I know what the issue was with Paul. But... Uh, but the thing that he realized, he stopped being frustrated about it and realized that there's nothing he can do about it. It's this thing had made a home in him. Why be mad about something you have? No, I'm weak to this. I can't change myself. The moment you can clearly realize that and just allow it to be, that's when you shall be made strong. But your ego won't let you accept whatever it is that's inside of you. Have you noticed that? And that's why everybody run around so angry, ready to kill somebody. <laughs> but anyway, a messenger from Satan to better me and prevent me from getting above myself. Um, about this, I have three times pleaded with the Lord that it might leave me. How many times have you asked God to take this away from me? <laughs> and then it looked like he'd take it, take it away for a while. And then you go riding along and all of a sudden it's there again. And you want to kill yourself and forget about God. <laughs> have, you, have you gone through that? Yes. Isn't that something? We all go through the same thing. And the reason that we are going through it in that manner, because we've been taught the wrong thing about it. And that's what the problem is. If we have been taught the right way about these things that we have to overcome, it, we would not be going through it in the manner that we are. Uh, I have three times pleaded with the Lord that it might leave me. 
but he has answered me. My grace is enough for you. For power is at full stretch in weakness. And I, I bet you I can't find one person on earth other than Jesse who knows that when you're weak, that's when you have the greatest power. Because you think that when you're strong, you have power. And you don't. It's when you're weak. That's when you have power. Um, uh, my grace is uh, enough for, for you. For power is, in, is at its full stretch in weakness. It is then about my weaknesses that I am happy, happiest of all to boast. So that man, most people won't boast about their weakness. Most people want to lie and pretend that they're strong. Have you noticed that? Yeah. They, I mean, they, they'd rather lie and pretend they're something that they're not, thinking that that's going to make them that way, than, rather than to admit what they are. Um, let me see. It is then about my weaknesses is that I am happiest of all to boast, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. And that is why I am glad of weaknesses is this insults, constraints, persecution, and distress for Christ's sake. For it is when I am weak that I am strong. I can give you examples of that in my life. A lot of times I'm doing debates with people and, and I'm just telling the truth about what's happening and they get mad at me because they can't prove the truth to be a lie and they'll start attacking me. Well, you don't know English. You can't speak well. And I'm thinking to myself, and sometimes I say, I, I know that. <laughs> Tell me something about myself I don't know. You know, what about what I'm saying? Is that true or not? But if I was uh, angry about my weaknesses as, 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 as all involved in them, then I would take those things personal because I would want to present myself as being strong and being prideful and something I'm not, and I wouldn't be able to function. But I can clearly see my weaknesses, and I'm okay with it. And when I say I'm okay with it, I don't want to be that way. I don't want it, but it's the way that it is, and there's nothing I can do about it. And God's grace is sufficient. It really is. And if you just can know this in your spirit, and then get rid of these ideas that you got to present yourself as strong, a fake strength, and then hate yourself for not being if you can re-educate yourself from within, then you can be free. Because you will have no frustration. You, you will just relax and live your life. But we've been taught the other way. You got to act strong. You got to pretend you're something that you're not. Otherwise, if you're weak, then people are going to take advantage of you. It's the other way around. When you think you're strong is when people take advantage of you. Have you noticed that? Because they'll come in and they'll say, oh, you're a strong person. You know, I really like your strength. And you like believe that lie and they can get whatever they want from you. Have you noticed that? Yes, sir. So does that make you strong that you, can, that you know your weaknesses? Yes. And I didn't, I didn't make myself know this. It's like 20 years when God allowed, ago when God allowed me to see myself. He allowed me to see my weaknesses and I also realized that there was nothing I could do about it. Prior to that, I had been mad about myself. I wanted to change. I wanted to be that Christian that you read about in the Bible. But I didn't know that I should not hate this thing that the devil has put up on me. I didn't know I should, you know, I didn't know. 
And then you, I didn't know that I couldn't change it. You know, I was trying to change it. So I hated myself for not changing. And then, but when, I, when he allowed me to see that there's nothing you can do about it. It is what it is. Then that's what I've been made strong. Now, I don't feel strong, but I also don't feel weak either. I just see who I am. I see what's going on with me, and I don't have an issue with it because I can't change it. And that's what makes me strong. Because if someone says something about me, if it's true, oh, yeah, that's true. But people who think that they're strong or upset about being weak, they'll get upset if you point out what's wrong with them. Have you noticed that? Because they, they have a false image of themselves. They've been taught to be that way. You're never going to be free like that. You've got to reverse your thinking. You've been taught in the wrong manner. And that's why you're suffering unnecessarily. And God loves us. I mean, he didn't create us just so he could have fun making a fool out of us. <laughs> he wants to take care of us. His grace is sufficient for us. It really is, but you've got to experience it from within. You've got to know it for yourself. You've been brainwashed. And if you knew this, you wouldn't have to be uh, smoking drugs, getting drunk, having sex. If you can accept who you really are, there's nothing to run away from. But if, if you don't accept it, you're always on the run trying to put up a false image. Did I see a hand somewhere? Uh, yes, ma'am. So if you're not strong with your kids, you shouldn't try to be? Yes. If you're not strong with them, don't try to be, because that type of strength is going to come from a different source, a different place, and it's going to create more problems. Because now you're pulling it out of hell. You're pulling this false sense of strength out of your pride and out of your ego. Because you see you need to be strong, so you're trying to put a fake one, and the kids know that that's not real. And they'll end up rebelling, you know, resenting you for it. You'll recreate them in your image. You got to let yourself be weak. And, and so how many people here have a thorn in your side? Everybody. And their mama. What's your thorn in your side? I think you've already said it. Yeah. What's that? Um, I, I just have a weakness. I, I, I mean, I see it coming, but I, I know better. Like it just you just don't have love for anybody. Shut up. Yeah. yeah. I, you know, and I just, you know, like it's just when I just fly off the handle and I, I just see them. Yeah. You know. And but see, what you need to realize, no man, no woman have love. Mm -hmm. Every man and woman's heart is wicked. They don't have love. And so if you can accept, you know what, I don't have love. I have hatred in my heart. My heart is wicked. And don't be upset about it and just see it for what it is. Then you shall have love. But you want to see yourself as a beautiful woman with love. Mm -hmm. And you don't have love. And so you're mad about not having love. And so you, you just become a, a, a mad woman. Yeah. It gets worse. <laughs> but nobody has love to give. It's not in the heart of mankind. That's why you must be born again so that God can give you his love. And you need to love him so that he can love you. And when we love him, it's that love we live by. So why be frustrated with something you don't have? You can't even create love yourself. Right. And that's your thorn in your side. You might as well accept it. Don't be mad about it. Mm -hmm. That makes sense? Yes. Isn't that like an easier way to live? It is. Why be mad about something that you have no control over? So whatever it is that you're dealing with, just see it for what it is. It's from the devil. It's your gift from Satan. 
But, and, and Satan got in at a point when you were subject to him. You were angry about something. You overreacted. And you opened up yourself so he can come in. And so there's nothing you can do about it but accept it. Don't judge it as good or bad. Don't judge it as right or wrong. Just see it for what it is, and it'll start to change. It will change by itself. But you've been taught you need to pray harder. You need to read the Bible more. You need to go out and feed the hunger more. You know, you need to make more money. You need to be nice to people. You've been taught a lie. And you're never going to get better that way. What's your thorn? Um, my thorn would be just being um, not forceful in things I want to do. Are you an angry person? Well, yes. You are. And why don't you, what is preventing you from overcoming your anger after all this time? Because if you can overcome your anger, if you can forgive, you can accept whatever you are. Now, when I say accept it, it doesn't mean you're agreeing with it. You know that is wrong, but it's a spirit that's made a home inside of you. There's nothing you can do about it. To accept doesn't mean that you agree with it. I, I want to make that clear. What is preventing you from forgiving? You have a lot of opportunities to forgive. Mm -hmm. What is holding you back? Do you pray? Mm -hmm. What is holding you back? So far, I, I haven't seen it yet, but I, I know that I still disagree with my, my dad. You know. Yeah. So. That's what cost it? Mm-hmm. Is your dad still living? Mm -hmm. Why don't you forgive your father? Because if you don't forgive, you can hang it up. You're going to be fighting with yourself the rest of your life. Oh, you know, you, I, I thought I forgave, but then I still keep having the same dump. Yeah. So and not, and so. what made you think that you had forgiven? You really got to know yourself. You got to pay attention to yourself, really. If you know yourself, you can be free because you know your limitations. What made you think? Yeah, you thought you had forgiven your father. What made you think that? Uh, because I was doing uh, better in my thought, my thinking, and things like that. Oh, okay. You were doing better at one point. Yeah. Okay, and that made you think you had forgiven. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Right, so How many people can relate to that? Yeah. Oh, you can. Okay. Um, so when you do better, you think that that's a sign of forgiveness? Yes, Pat. You thought you had forgiven at one point? Um, I don't know if I thought I'd completely forgiven, but I can relate to what she says. I mean, if you have an action and it's showing something, then it, it tends to tell you that that's correct. I mean, if, if you're going yeah. around and you're not hating visibly the way you were, you, you, you quite normally think that you're doing better. Right. You quite abnormally think that you're doing better because you're feeling better for a minute. Well, I mean, if you're, you're in a situation and you're hating that, and then later on you're in a situation and you're not, you're going to come to a conclusion that you're doing better. Right. I understand that. I do. I mean, you can relate to that? Yeah. yeah. 
Um, a sign of doing better is not the evidence of forgiveness. Because you can do, you can physically do better for a little while. You know, you can walk around. If I tell you today, oh, don't get angry the rest of the day. You can go for a day without getting angry, you know, and you're thinking that you're forgiven, right? So you're feeling better, but that's not the sign of, of forgiveness. It's really not. Because your mind is such that it can take on whatever someone tells you for a while. Have you noticed that? Yeah. They say, well, you know what? Eat right for a week. You go for a week eating right, and you think, wow, I'm a right eater. <laughs> I'm not eating like, you know. And then Monday, you're back at it again. <laughs> and then you say, oh, I thought I was better. But that's not a sign. Yes, sir. I was thinking as you were talking, this whole comparison thing about what degree we're doing is probably another mistake as well. It's absolutely a it's not what you do is not a way to measure your relationship with God. It's not a way of measuring if you have forgiven or not. It's really not. And see, that's what I'm realizing more and more and more. We've been brainwashed in the way that we've been taught. We're supposed to be taught from within, not from without. The people who have taught us, our parents, the preachers, uh, whomever, they have taught you in the wrong way. And we're such an outer people but the kingdom of heaven is within. And the teacher is within. And we're supposed to be learning from within out. That's why you have to be still and know the truth. It needs to come out of you. And that that goes in, it messes you up. Look how screwed up you are. Can I say screwed up? <laughs> you already did. Doug, can I say that? Or Doug is the one to yell at me later. I'll yell at you later. <laughs> the director there. We've been taught so wrong, folks. Um, what is the sign? Yes, ma'am. It's kind of confusing when you say, I mean, to me, when you say it should come from within. Sometimes you think it's coming from within. You know well, if you think that it is, it is not. <laughs> See how backwards that is? Yeah. Because when it comes from within, there's no thinking about it. It just is. You do not have to think about it. Now, the devil would come and tempt you to try to make you doubt what you're seeing is real from within. But he has no authority over you anymore. He can't even make you doubt. But he'll come and talk to you. Uh, like what you were saying about your mother earlier. Oh, your brothers yelled at you. You must have been wrong. That was mean to say that. And if you give it a second thought, you lose it. But if you just look at him and let him go by, he has no power. I was sitting this morning praying sitting there still. It was amazing the kind of thoughts that were coming. It was like looking at an exciting movie. I thought of, it brought me things that I had forgotten about. You know, I'm just sitting there like, these things are just coming. All kind of weird stuff. And I'm thinking, wow, this is so interesting. But it had no impact on my life at all. It brought no doubt. You know, it, didn't, it, just had, it was like just looking at a movie screen going by. I could see the thoughts, so I'm not, no longer part of them. I'm not in that world of my imagination. So is a man thinking, so as he is. You do not want to be a part of that world. It's all messed up. Yes, ma'am? Maybe I'm What's it like, you know, that feeling? Because I've had a feeling one time where I just kind of, um, I just let, you know, I just, somebody tried to hurt me and I just, 
I chased them off, but I, I just let go. I just wasn't angry about it. That was all. That is that. Oh. What's that? What was your thing I responded to? Oh, uh, you said something about feeling, doing good for a minute, mm -hmm. thinking that you're forgiven. Right. Oh, when you forgive, you have perfect peace. That's a sign of forgiveness. You have perfect peace, everlasting. It doesn't change. It's not for a little while. It just is. It's another way of living. So you don't do good for a minute and then it's back. Now maybe along the road to uh, along your pathway you're having some glimpse of it. That may be what you guys are talking about. But when you truly forgive, the evidence is perfect peace. Isn't that amazing? And so in perfect peace, you accept whatever it is. You allow life to happen. You allow it to naturally take its course. You're not in competition with life at all. You're just allowing it to happen. It's a weird thing can happen along the way. But you're allowing it to happen. But this peace set you apart from what is going on around you. Yes, ma'am. That you said on the other day, like you, you know, you've forgiven if you think about what was done to you and you don't get emotional about it. Yes, I, I can understand. That's right. The devil will come once you forgive. The devil will come and try to remind you of what someone did to you. But if you notice, you will, it, you don't feel anything about it. It's like he's trying to whisper in your ear, but it's not working. But if you have not forgiven. He can remind you of what happened to you, what someone did to you, and right away you become emotional about it, angry or sad or whatever. But when you're truly forgiven and he tried to remind you, it's like that really did not happen to you. You don't feel it at all because now you have perfect peace. But you got to accept who you, what is going on with you in order for that to happen. You got to let go and let God. You got to be weak. And, and weakness is not what you think weakness is either. All right? We think of weakness as being a poor, pitiful, pathetic person. And that's why nobody, no egotistical person won't admit that they're weak. Isn't that how you think of weakness? Yeah. As someone that the world is just running over. So you try to protect yourself so these things don't happen to you. But this kind of weakness that I'm talking about is the ability to see that of yourself, you can do nothing about self. That's the kind of weakness I'm talking about. You can't change your nature. And when people attack you for the truth, you don't take it personal because you realize they can't see. When you tell someone the truth and they get mad at you about it, it's okay. That's what I mean by weakness. It's not the kind of weakness where you let people run over you. All right, time is going by, so I need, yes, sir. I just want to, I may have asked this before, but I was wondering, I mean, how does one truly forgive? Because my weakness is based, and based upon my inability to forgive. It's, uh, I'm a very angry and bitter per, uh, person. Yeah. And how does one truly forgive? Yes. It's so simple. The easiest thing in the world to do, how does, yeah. is to forgive. Isn't that true? Yeah. Yeah, see? I have a witness. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> the, the, the way you forgive is simply realize that you're, you have not forgiven. That I'm an angry, bitter person. That's all you have to do about it. And God will do the rest. 
That's all. It's, it's so simple. But you've been taught you got to go around apologizing. <laughs> you know, you got to go around trying to control yourself to keep from overreacting. You know, you've been taught the wrong way. You got to just come into the light of who you are. I'm a bitter, angry person. And don't be mad about it. Then you can forgive. Yes, sir. There's also a little bit more to it than that, too, isn't there? What's that? I mean, like, let's just say somebody does or says something to you, and right at that moment that you're angry, I mean, you can realize that I'm a bitter, angry person, but don't you, you can't lash out either. No, you take it. You let your ego hurt. From, because your ego want to lash out on someone. You know how bitter, angry people want to go off on you? But that's not you. That's this thorn in your side. And it want to stay alive, so it want to go off on a person who is mean to you. Don't do it. Don't be cruel. Just take the pain of that and it'll fade away. <coughs> that makes sense? Yes. Yeah. You don't like that idea, right? You want to go off. Yes, sir. You know, I realize that if we truly did believe that of ourselves we can do nothing, we would also believe that about others, and we could yes. not judge them as a result. That's how you forgive. Because when you realize you can't do anything about yourself, who am I to judge my fellow man? Well, how can I be angry at you for being pathetic when I'm pathetic? How can I be angry at you? And that doesn't mean you don't stand up and speak the truth. But you just don't resent that person for being the way they are because you're the same way or even worse. And you don't want to be the way that you are. So it helps you to know that they don't want to be the way that they are. You still tell the truth, but you just don't hate. Absolutely. Did that help? Freeman? Yes, it, it did. Uh, if, I, if I see how impotent I am, I realize who am I to judge my just my fellow man if I'm as impotent as he is. And if you realize that of yourself you can do nothing, you won't even judge yourself about being that way. It's like uh, she asked about when she's weak with her son, then she tried to be strong with him. But it's best to just be weak and see that you're weak. And the next time, because the opportunity will come again, then she can do it in the right way. But if you say, I'm going to be strong next time, I'm not going to let him get away with it. But next time, maybe the opportunity, he should get away with it. You know, but you've set it up, and now you're going to traumatize the child. <laughs> you know, that's not, you don't believe that God's grace is sufficient when you act that way. You don't trust his love for you. Did you have your hand? Yeah, the point you made about you can't do anything about yourself and, and uh, the point that Martin made about the other person can't do anything so you that's how you find forgiveness and yet you speak up. Yes, like for example with your mother. Right. You saw that she was wrong, she'd been silly, you told her. Yeah. But you didn't hate her you shouldn't hate her for being silly. Right, and I don't I don't feel like I do. There's this uh, pattern in me there where I've been so uh, entwined with my thoughts right. that and I'm I'm watching and I'm I'm saying, I'm fine. I'm I know what happened, I'm confident and then it's just keeps coming, barrage for me, you know, and then eventually I listen to one. Yeah. And there I go, you know. But see, what you don't realize, the fact that you can see these thoughts and things that are coming, yeah. you're not intertwined with them anymore. Right. It's when you can't see them that you're a part of them. But then all these thoughts come, well, you know, you, this isn't going right in your life and this isn't going right. Right, but just watch. And I do the comparison thing about my life and other people, then I just keep watching. So you start, you, see, what it is, 
because you're not, you're, you're not, you haven't let go completely yet. Right. It knows how to keep coming until it find that one thing that you're going to believe. You're going to believe the lie again, and you're back into it. Right. And keep giving you lies about things, and you and you eventually believe it. You don't just watch it. There are lies that, but they, like you said, something comes faking the light, you know, or it's yes. like it's a light, and they're true. Right. Now, it, it may be true that you a weak person. Let's say you're an angry person. So it'll come and say, oh, you're an angry person. You're still angry. And blah, blah, blah. You start believing that after a while. And that's what draws you back in. But because you don't realize the fact that you can see these thoughts, that you're not a part of them. If you were a part of them, you could not see them. But it is painful to see that, and you have to endure that pain and, and not get intellectual and engage the thoughts. Right. Figure because out. the pain is not you. The pain is this thing that needs to die. I mean, this is this is said over and over again in here, and I like I, I get it, and I'm like relieved, and I feel this joy, and then it's like I could walk back out on the street, and there it comes again. I'm like I thought I, and then here it comes again. I thought I knew this. But it's not you saying I thought I knew this. Right. It's, it's it saying I thought I knew this, and you're like yeah, I thought I knew this. <laughs> <laughs> After a while, you're going to be walking up and down the street pushing <laughs> a cot yeah, full of old clothes. I can see <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. That's how people go insane. I can see that. <laughs> yes. You said the pain is not you. Right. It's the ego. It's that thorn that's made a home inside The pain of itself you. is not you. And right. The pain that, itself that is not you. That does trick you into... The you, you believe it too. the you is right there, right maybe below that pain. If that pain fade away, then you're there. You don't feel pain. Your ego feel pain. As a matter of fact, you don't feel love or hate. The real you do not feel love or hate. But yet, you know that you are loved because you're with the, you're with the creator of love. You're with love. You're with the father. You, the real you, are not feeling all this stuff. It's the not you that feels this stuff. God said in order to live, you must die. And so what has to die is this pain-feeling self. So this is why these stories of these saints that could endure unbelievable suffering, I mean, yes. if they were really truly saintly people, that's, that's what that's from. That's right. They know it's not them. They know it's not them. <laughs> They've been burning up, but it's not Paul them. even said, I realize it's not me. Remember he said that? Yeah, but I thought he meant that the bad thing wasn't him, not that the pain wasn't him. No, the pain is not him. That's so if someone throws you into a lion's den and the pains come, the fear come, you will have confidence in knowing that that's not you. It's your, your ego, your not you self. Isn't that like good? Yeah. Wow. That is like so good to me. To know that that's not me. So now you don't have to identify with it any longer. You don't have to go along with it. <laughs> if someone calls you names, you know, it's okay. Oh, that's not me. Yes, sir. So the pain like killing that evil thing? Yes. You take it as like killing it? Yes. It's the, it's the ego thing that's dying, and it's dying a, a painful death because it needs you to hate. It needs you to do something to keep it alive, and it doesn't want to die. So if someone calls your name, for example, and you get upset about it, and now you want to go off on them, if you don't, that thing starts to scream out, clear your head. You know, so you can overreact so it can get life. But if you don't, it dies. Because now you're giving it love. 
You're loving this person who's gone off on you and said cruel things to you. We're out of time already. Go to my website at bondinfo.org and get a copy of my Be Still and No CD and learn to just sit quiet so God can work through you. Also, if you need counseling, you can call us 800-411-BOND, 800-411-2663. We need your donations. We need your support to keep this going. Thank you, and God bless you guys. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you, guys. For more information or to purchase a copy of this show, visit us on the web at www.bondinfo.org or call 1-800-411-BOND.